Hi, welcome back to Spider's Web. Today we're going to talk about a subject that's familiar to everyone, and it's not necessarily anyone's favorite subject, and that is going to the dentist. Uh, I think it's one of the great fears of everyone in the world, and it has to be done. But, you know, my, my dental stories are pretty weird. I thought I would share some of them with you. And the beginning of my trips to the dentist was, as a child, uh, we went to a family dentist who was a friend of my father's, Dr. Thoman. His office was around the corner from my father's jewelry store. And it was scary. It smelled weird in there, smelled like chemicals. And this man in a white coat comes at you with this big thing on his head. It was pretty scary, but the real horrible part for me was as a child and as still today, I have very crooked, overcrowded teeth. So when my baby teeth started to come out, they came out in the front, and then the back teeth were stuck. They were kind of locked in place. So they had to pull them out. And this was terrifying to a little kid. So they quickly discovered that they they had to give me nitrous oxide because I was screaming my head off. It sounded like someone was being killed in there. And they gave me this nitrous oxide, and that was scary because this great big thing with a plastic nose is coming at, at your face. That, that was terrifying, too. But every time I had to go back there for anything, they had to get out the nitrous oxide because there was no way of controlling my quaking and screaming. Well, anyway, life goes on. I have to go to lots of dentists throughout my life. And uh, it was pretty scary stuff. So life went on, and I had a couple of different dentists I went to in New York. They were okay. I wasn't crazy about them, but they were pretty nice guys. And then when I got to Chicago, I was left with the task of finding a new doctor, a new dentist, a new this and that. So in my quest for looking for a dentist, there was someone who was right around the corner from where I lived. And I thought, oh, that'll be easy. And this guy advertised as calling his practice casual dentistry. And it said, we do not wear a dentist uniform. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting and unusual. I'll go check him out. So I go to this guy, and he's this big slob. He he had a lab coat that kind of didn't fit. And he looked like he had just crawled off the bleachers at Wrigley Field. And he was sort of a mess, and he didn't seem very professional, you know. And I I went to him twice, and I, I had to go back to get my teeth cleaned again. And I, I go in, and every time I go in, 
he has less of a staff. I guess people kept quitting because he was just a big slob. So Mr. Sloppy comes in, and he's going to clean my teeth himself this day. Well, he takes his, like, bag of sharp instruments, and he's got them on a tray next to him, and he's, he's hand-cleaning my teeth. And as he's finished with each instrument, he was throwing them on top of me, like on that little bib you have on. And he threw some sharp object at me and stabbed me in the chest. And I'm kind of like, ah, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, ooh, sorry about that. Oh, oh, like I didn't mean to. And it was, it was like there was blood all over. And it, it was gross. So I, I didn't want to go back to him anymore. Well, then I found another guy on Michigan Avenue. I'll call him Dr. Fancy Pants. He was very professional. Everything was so clean in his office. It was all wrapped up in saran wrap all the time. And he seemed like he knew what he was doing, you know. And he was nice. And every time I would go, he'd say, oh, we'll bill you. And he had this assistant that was supposed to be taking care of the billing. Well, I'm going to him for like a year and a half. And he finally sends me this bill that is astronomical. It's like... I, I had just purchased a house. And I, I, I said, what are you? He's like, oh, oh, well, you know, my assistant, I, I had to get rid of her because she never billed anybody, and now it's costing a lot. I was like, oh, man. I said, well, look, this is going to take me a while. You know, I'm going to have to pay this in little, little bits and pieces. So I'm trying to pay this bill off, and one day I'm at lunch at a restaurant on Michigan Avenue, and he's sitting behind me, and I hear him gossiping about me and referring to me as that singer who just can't get her act together and pay off her bill. Well, that was the end of Dr. Fancy Pants. I had to make a bargain with him. He let me off the hook, but I would never go back to him again. What a jerk. Well, then I found a really nice dentist who is a friend of a friend of mine, but he was unusual, too. He was a guy that didn't believe in computers. He didn't believe in having a schedule or having anybody work for him. He was a one-man band, and you had to go to his office and knock on this wooden door, and then he would let you in, and he would do everything himself. And he was he was really very good, but... He hardly had any patience because he said he couldn't handle a lot of people. But the oddest thing about him was that while he was cleaning your teeth, which would take a very long time, he would want to have conversations with you, you know, while you have your mouth pried open, and it would be kind of like, uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh, uh. you're trying to talk to him. But, but the subject was always about Fred Astaire, and Ginger Rogers movies. Heaven, I'm in heaven, and my heart beats so that I can hardly speak, and I seem to find the happiness I see when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. 
So I really liked Dr. Fred Astaire, but I, I had to leave him because my insurance wasn't the same and I couldn't go to him anymore. So I went, I went to this friend of mine who's a wonderful dentist, but he's way out in the suburbs. So it was always a big mission to get out there. But, but it was good, you know. I, I, was, I was happy and in good hands. And I had to go on this little tour to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and I was doing a couple of concerts out there. I was going to be there for four days. And it was the afternoon I arrived. And I was staying in my hotel suite. And I had a chicken salad sandwich. And I went to take a bite. And I had this terrible pain in my mouth. And I thought, well, what could... It wasn't anything hard. I mean, how hard is a little piece of chicken salad? And so I'm flossing my tooth and... There's some blood coming up, but not a lot. There doesn't seem to be anything in it, and it hurts. And then I feel like I've got this really weird-smelling breath, and I don't know what is going on, but for four days I hardly ate anything. And as soon as I got home, I told my dentist, and I had to go on a journey out to the suburbs and go see him and find out what the story was. Well, he said... I have some surprisingly bad news for you. You have a tooth that has rotted, and it needs to be taken out. And I said, well, take it out. He said, no, you have to go to an oral surgeon. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, just go find someone in Chicago. And I'm like, don't you know anyone? He's like, no, I, I don't work in Chicago. So you have to go and find him, the right Oral Surgeon. Someday I'll find you, moonlight behind you, through to the dream I am dreaming. As I draw near you, you'll smile a little smile, for a little while we shall stand Hand in hand, I'll leave you never, love you forever, all our past sorrow redeeming. Try to make it true, say you love me too, someday I'll find you again. So I went looking in the listings for oral surgeons. And I I randomly picked these two guys that have a place that is right on Lincoln Avenue. And I thought, oh, that's easy. I can get there, you know, just on the brown line and take the train and that'll be easy. And it has to happen quickly. So I call the guys up and they're like, yeah, we can see you tomorrow. You know, come in at noon. And I said, well, is this going to hurt? And they said, well, yes, but we're going to give you needles and you'll be numbed out. And I said, I, I'm really freaked out. Would it be a good idea if I took a Valium? 
And they said, yes, that's an excellent idea. Take a Valium shortly before you get here and it'll be fine. So I, I have the address of this place and I take the Valium just before I get off the train because I figure it'll take about 20 minutes for this thing to kick in. So I get off the train and I start walking down Lincoln Avenue. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, wow, doesn't it look different here? And I go past the Biograph Theater, the famous Biograph Theater. And I'm like, wow, they, they've turned into an art movie house now. They have, they're, they're playing vintage movies. I see this big marquee and it, it, it says Manhattan Murder Mystery. And they have pictures of William Powell and Myrna Loy out front. And I thought, well, isn't that cool? So I keep walking. I look across the street. And there's this, like, hat store that has all these vintage hats in it. I'm like, well, that's really odd. I never saw that before. I walk up a little further. There's a, a, a hardware store that has, like, old lawnmowers in the window. And I'm like, this is weird. So I'm trying to find the address of this oral surgeon, and I'm walking. Meanwhile, the Valium's starting to kick in. And there is no number on the door. There aren't any numbers on any of the doors. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is scary. Now this is getting surreal. So I'm standing in front of this place that now has old vintage shoes in the window, like old high heels. So I call the place and I'm like, hey, man, this is really weird. But like, I just took a Valium and there are no numbers on any of the buildings on Lincoln Avenue. And the woman says, oh, that's because Johnny Depp's coming. And I'm like, what? She's like, they're shooting the movie Public Enemy this week and everything's covered up. Go to the green door next door to the hardware store and open it up. Oh, this is so bizarre. I can't believe it. So I open the door and there's another door inside of it, and it's like this super ultra-modern place with a staircase and a big glass sculpture at the top of the stairs. The whole thing was so weird. Well, I got in there and sat down, and from then on, everything seemed like a, a cakewalk after that strange adventure just trying to get there. So... They gave me my oral surgery. So I, I came through all that with flying colors, but there is a, a weird tag on the end of all this. My dad, 
he was, I swear he was kind of like Forrest Gump or something. He was at all these historical events. Uh, as I had mentioned in an earlier episode, he was at Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. Well, in 1934, when he was a teenager, he and his cousin hitchhiked to Chicago from Ohio uh, in July of that year to go to the World's Fair. And when they arrived, they had found out that Dillinger had been shot at the Biograph Theater. And they, they went down there that night, and they saw the police all over the place. And, of course, this is what Public Enemies with Johnny Depp playing Dillinger was all about. This is his movie set that I've been walking around in. So anyway, I get, I get finished um, with the oral surgeons, and they tell me on my way out that I need to get soft food. I need to have, you know, soft things like soup for a couple of days. So I go back, and I'm out in Johnny Depp world again, walking on Lincoln Avenue, and on my way home, as I'm all doped up and swollen, I stop in a grocery store to get some soup. And I'm waiting at the checkout line. And there's a guy in front of me, and he's talking to the checker. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, this is where they shot Dillinger, right in front of the biograph. And Johnny Depp's going to be playing Dillinger. And I said to them, yeah, my dad was there when it happened. And they looked at me as though I had been shot. Well, anyway, that was the end of that strange episode, and I continued to see my nice dentist, but not for much longer because he decided to retire, so I have yet found another new dentist, a lovely woman, and so far so good, I haven't had any weird episodes with her, but you know, dentists, you gotta love them or leave them, and bring your own Valium. Love.